I would never call you dumbass, sincerely. Michael just called me a dumbass, everybody. I'm telling. I did, I did I'm not. Telling. There's Michael no was, record of that. Michael's really mean to me, a woman, and therefore is a misogynist. <laughs> I'm using this platform to come out as not an ally. <laughs> <laughs> That's what? not true. What's up, dude? How was your week? Shit. I mean. Oh. It was no. I mean, I just mean shit like shit, you know. Shit. Just, oh, yeah. okay. I thought just, that was a descriptor of your week, and I was going to be like, that's awful. No, no, no. I did have a bleed per use. Sure. Right yeah, I now. was going to say that's, that's kind of how it is. I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and I was really bad. As a hemophilia patient, you are supposed to log all of your bleeds. Sure. It's like one of the fun responsibilities you can give a kid pretty early because it's pretty simple to just like write down when you have a bleed, mm-hmm. uh, I was bad at it, still am bad at it. And I even set myself up for success by like signing up for this service that helps you log bleeds. You literally just text them a number and they say, well, how, how much did you infuse and where's your bleed? And then you do that and then you just text them every time you infuse and then they keep track of it. Yeah, I feel like I remember you either doing that or like having it in your notes app when we were together. Like you used to do it. Oh, yeah. I, I was pretty good at it for many years. Um, and the past couple have really slipped off. And I had an appointment with my HTC a couple months ago. And they say, hey, Mike, you would need to do it. You really need to do it. It helps with the insurance things. It helps with us. Just everything. You should do mm-hmm. it. And so like mid-July, I really started to fucking log all my bleeds again. And that was also when I like started traveling for this job and shit. And I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so I printed off just July and August. And let me tell you, I'm putting up, I'm putting up numbers right now. Oof. Yeah, she's gonna yeah. look at this and be like, "Dude, you, what's going on? Like, why are you committing this fraud? What are yeah, you getting yeah. out of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is clearly a lie. Damn. But it's not. Well, I mean. <sighs> I know there isn't really much to do. Like, I, I know that she's just going to be like, huh, that mm-hmm. sucks, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I hope that it goes as well as it can, and, and maybe there will be something to do. Thank you. Yeah, well, and this is my GP, too, so it's not even my hematologist. But, so, but uh, you know, I just need her. It's good that she knows. Right. And, and she's just going to be like, hey, man, that sucks. Maybe switch something up or uh, start doing more factor or something. Jumping jacks? Uh, or- jumping. No, no, no. That's still advised because okay. you get it's a exercise. Sure. Right. I was just uh, they typically tend to recommend that at least for me. But that's a oh, they recommend thing, jumping jacks so. for you for uh, all the time. It's like what whatever whatever's wrong with me, I need to lose weight. That's the. Do you need a prescription or is that over the counter? Jumping jacks. It's prescription yeah. junk. Jumping jacks. Really? Uh, yeah. It, it's really weird. It's like right next to the 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 fat girl birth control over the counter. <laughs> Fun facts: If you're over 200 pounds, you gotta take Ella. You can't take Plan B. Is there's a weight limit? They don't tell is you. Is that, that true? That is true. Yeah. Damn, that's good. I'm gonna fucking put that in my notes app. You know what I mean? That's good yeah, to know. It is. Good lord. Well, you know they used they used to hand jumping jacks out for free, but now they did. They did, but they they had a lot of problems with you know people kids. can use jump jumping jacks for other things. Right. That's true. That's true. And so mm-hmm. now we got to put some regulations in place. I get it. It's just frustrating as someone who wants to utilize jumping jacks for their intended purpose, you know? Well, I mean, we are winning the war on jacks. So 
So that's it, huh? Your chips are down and you're throwing the towel. I don't think so. Because there's still one podcast out there that we can count on. Hey, everyone. Hey, folks. Hey, everyone. What's up, everyone? You're listening to My Ex and I with Natalie, Natalie and, Michael. and Michael. Two people who used to date but don't anymore. They talk about their lives, dating, relationships, and basically everything else. But they're not professionals. They're just making jokes. Don't take anything they say too seriously. It's my ex and I podcast. Natalie can't stop talking and Michael can't stop bleeding. They're talking, talking exes, exes for the rest of you. Why would you start a podcast with your ex? Because loneliness is that hard. Indeed it is, Ryan. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Michael. And I'm Natalie. And my ex and I. Have a podcast together. And this, boy, is episode 89. 89, looking fine. Looking fine. Uh, I have absolutely said that every time we've had an episode that's ending in nine, and that's the tradition. Divine, these, maybe? These 89, up a vine. Uh, up yeah. a vine? Mm-hmm. I, would say I said divine, as in like divinity. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Yep. Mm-hmm. But vine's good. Sure. Uh, but to follow up, Speaking of ble- uh, Michael Can't Stop Bleeding, yeah. I don't have a bleed currently, which is That's nice. tight. However, next week I fly to Houston, Texas to work for many days. And then I will fly home Friday evening and then go to a wedding on Saturday in which I'm a groomsman. And so a, I feel one coming. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. The fates have it in store for you almost certainly. The f- oh, my God. Yeah, there's there's. I'm I'm putting it at a zero percent chance I get through that without, without experiencing a bleed. But you know what? That's life, baby. Well, you know, let me. I got a lot of crystals on this desk. Um, so there's, I'm sure there's one for like no bleeds. Hit me with uh, the Chris. It's, it's probably this one. So I'll just kind of wave it in front of mm. the camera at you and like give you no bleed energy. I feel it. Um, I, I feel know, it. Yeah, good. I'm, I was hoping you would. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that you should be good now. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. How was uh how was your week? Oh man. Uh work has been so intense recently, but uh you know sing it, work sister. hard work hard play hard. Sorry? I said sing it sister. Sing it sister and that's right. what I'll do. You got to work hard play hard. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, and so I've been playing hard. I went to Six Flags yesterday mm. again. Um Again. Oh, I was great, man. You got that I, got that fast pass. Listen, the first, you know what? That's a, no, that's a story. We oh, did. So I went to Six Flags for the first time. Um, listeners of the show will know that I am a, a amusement park enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, held a, held a gold pass to Kings Island when I lived in Cincinnati and went wow. over 30 times in one summer, just casually wow. by myself. Too much. Uh, no, not enough. Oof. Oh. Uh, but I moved to Chicago. Six Flags Great America is the nearest amusement park. And so I went there. I went there for the first time, uh, just kind of on a on a whim. Some friends had an extra ticket that I and I didn't know those friends very well, but I was like, oh my God, I love Six Flags, the concept of it. Sure. So I'm gonna go. And this one has a um, subtitle? Six Flags Great America. There's there's different Six Flags. There's like Six right. Flags Great Adventure, Six Flags other ones. Are they different themed or is it just for tax purposes and mailing yeah. purposes? Okay, no, it. it's, yeah. they're all just, they got roller coasters. Uh, but right, right. so, so the first time I went, it was very much like I was there, I was enjoying it. I got to experience the park, but I was also, you know, with new friends. And so it, it was, my attention was divided, you know, Sure. Yeah. but this one I went with a uh, friend of the show, friend of us, Austin, 
uh, and we had a great time because Austin and I are very much on the same wavelength in terms mm. of how we like to do parks and yeah and and what we you know he, he can appreciate talking coasters he can appreciate sure. you know going on going on them multiple times we did buy a fast pass uh just because we were like we're not fucking around like we want to mm -hmm. do this we did not need it uh it was a saturday in late august it kind of sprinkled all day no one was there we really? did not wait at all it's huh. also like six flags is I'm very spoiled with Kings Island, right? Ohio's yeah, very yeah, yeah. spoiled with Kings Island and Cedar Point. Six Flags is what I would say the Walmart of amusement parks, mm, you know? Interesting. Like, it's, you know, it's doing its best. Would I like uh, it more or less because of that? I would say less. I would say that okay. Kings Island is the target and like that's where I'm going. Mm, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. like Walmart has the things you want and it might not be as aesthetically pleasing and it might smell kind of weird yeah but a little too you're bright. gonna you're still gonna get what you need yep um, that's true so so you know it was great we had a great time um and then you know me i don't go we we left for you know the, me. <laughs> we left for the amusement park at 9 30 in the morning typically that would mean that i would be in bed by 10 o'clock but right. austin 10 a.m uh, yeah, I'm only alive for <laughs> Natalie's awake for like an hour a day. Yeah, I'm like a <laughs> animal that sleeps a lot. Sure. Uh, but uh, Austin was like, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't come up, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't pull it out. Uh, but I didn't want to miss a beat. Uh, Austin invited me to an improv show. Ooh, and improvisational I comedy. Improvisational comedy. Uh, and I went and I had, oh my goodness, I think I had five drinks. Five whole mm. drinks for me in one night. I woke up this morning violently hungover. I don't sure. ever drink, so yeah. that wasn't a great time. But I had so much fun out and about. I got to chit-chat with people. I saw a great show. She was out on the town on a Saturday mm. night. Love it. I didn't really do. So it was great. It was a lot of a lot of fun. It was definitely um and and then today I just got to like fucking exist and rot away in my bed so it was sure. a it well, was a well a well-balanced weekend i i got a good store of dopamine built up for the week ahead so I'm that's good. good okay that's beautiful yeah and that's that's what sundays are for biblically speaking is yeah. just, just yeah. rot away in the shame and exhaustion of five drinks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. first of all what what are we drinking mm. vodka cranberry Oh, not anymore. I'm older now, Michael. Sure, sure. Damn it. Um, I'll do a vodka. I typically do vodka sodas. Um, if my sure. tummy's hurting, I'll do a vodka water because mm. I don't need the carbonation. And but last night specifically, I was doing gin and tonics because that's just wow. Crazy. That's yeah. sophisticated. I gin is one of those things that I did not like before I had COVID, and then after I got my taste back from COVID, I really like gin now. So I'm experimenting. That's fascinating. With that. mm -hmm. Huh. My father used to drink gin when he was young, but then he told me he almost beat a man to death, and so he had to quit drinking gin. Yeah, I think <laughs> that um, I don't experience that. Mostly, you don't have that impulse. I don't. I think oh. gin. If if I was going to ascribe a different drunk experience based on the liquor, which I don't think I have ever noticed enough that's of a, a difference that's a real, to be able to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say the gin is more fun, and vodka makes me. A little sad and and that's oh. just yeah that's good to know because i always get sad when i get drunk but maybe maybe i just switch it up 
Well, and maybe it's maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just like, oh, we're doing something different. So maybe I'm not going to get as sad this time. Yeah. But, okay. That's fair. That's true. But I mean, I think if I drink enough gin and tonics, all roads are going to lead back to sad drunk for me. That's, that's sure. how it is. I'm a Pisces. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of this wedding uh, this weekend in which I'm a groomsman, mm-hmm. uh, the groom texted me and he said, hey, you don't drink question mark and I, I was like no not not really and he was just like if you had to get alcohol are we talking a whiskey are we talking a wine what what's going on and I was like is this for a gift or something and he said yeah we're putting together a little gift basket for all the the the, the boys the boys and the girls what do you call that the the wedding the, party the wedding party I was gonna say bridal party but that's just for the bride mm-hmm. uh so I knew it wasn't right and he was like, and we're putting in a bottle of the person's favorite beverage. Whatever. And I was like, hey, man. I, just, a, just a cool bottle of Mountain Dew for me. I, I literally said, just, <laughs> just, just save yourself money. You don't have to include anything. And he was like, Michael, everyone's getting a drink, and I'm not going to put a fucking two liter of Diet Pepsi in there for you <laughs> when everyone else is getting like a nice bottle of whiskey. And so I said, how about a nice white wine? And he said... He's like, sure, sure, man. I'll get you a white one. You can give it to your mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I can have it in my apartment in case someone comes over and thinks it's weird I don't have alcohol. (laughs) Which has happened multiple times. I don't look like a guy who doesn't have alcohol in his house, you know? I just love, um, like, obviously anything can be enjoyed by anybody. But when you think of typically alcohol for a groomsman gift, you're thinking like a nice, a nice whiskey, maybe a scotch. You yeah, know? yeah. Who does something. this person maybe want a bourbon? You know, like hyper masculine alcohols. And then there's just Michael's little basket with his little white wine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. But to his point, it might be less embarrassing than Diet Pepsi. I don't even think it's embarrassing. I think it's just we're we're really just you know just having a nice flipping- Pinot Grige. We're just we're flipping masculinity right off. And yeah, man, I've been doing that my whole life, and I love it. uh, it's less of a, a an intended stance and more of just natural. But I'll take I'll take the credit for it for sure. And that you know, and that's why we dated for two and a half years. That's very true. That's why I think I've dated everyone I've ever dated or been or attracted anyone I've ever attracted. That's what happens, and you know that's what? Nice. I love it. I, it's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great. One of my favorite things about you. Thank you. Um, So I I didn't really prepare anything this week, but I wanted to just share another thing that I did this weekend that's going to like kind of segue into just a larger couple things that I wrote down to tell you. Okay. I'll do that now. I love Um, it. So uh, Friday night, um, an old friend reached out to me. She's also a, uh, listener of the podcast. So nice. Hello. Shout out. Uh, but she reached out to me. She was like, Hey, I'm in Chicago. Like, are you available to like meet up and hang out and, and get back in touch and catch up? And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I was going to six flags and stuff. So we ended up having to do like a late night on Saturday. Um, just got to like reconnect and, uh, it was it was so great to to reconnect with her, and we had a, a great conversation. And at one point, she was like, "I feel I feel like this is like imbalanced because I listen to the podcast. I know so much about your life, and you don't know too much about mine." And I was oh, like, "Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I get that a lot. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I do. Um, and I'm sure you do too. And mm-hmm. um, it, it it was it was just funny, and it, it made me think about how like I spend a lot of time being feeling like sad and lonely. Um, and I think uh, a root of that is that it's been it's been so long since I've had like a a relationship in a romantic relationship and a partner that I felt like really understood me and and mm-hmm. like a relationship that was super meaningful. And I feel like I get sad a lot of the times about the fact that there's not really anybody in life who knows most of my whole story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then after she said that, it just kind of made me think like, I th- am so fortunate because more so than, than a person who doesn't have this podcast, you know, I have so many people who, I have so many people who know a little bit of my story so much yeah. more than I think the average person would have. And, and I realized like, I, I really do find support in that. So like, thank you to this podcast audience for, for being here and listening to us talk. It, it really means a lot. I agree. We love you. Yeah. We love uh, you. But on that note, I was like, man, the person who probably does mo- know the most about me in my life is Michael. Uh-huh. Um, but in the, in the spirit of sharing and opening up, I thought of two stories um, that I feel were pretty formative to me that I don't think that you know probably. Oh, okay. So I, I figured I'd just tell you those stories. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, okay. Are they sad? They're, they are, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one of- says the word formative and then it's a pleasant one. <laughs> it's like you a, know? Good, yeah. it's a good, happy story. <laughs> we're formed um, on drama. <laughs> well, so one of them is sad. One of them's kind of nice. Uh, but Okay. W- so, you know, they'll balance each other out. I love it. We'll start with the nice one, you know, because okay. we, we'll end on the sad one. Sure. Um, the nice one is just that um, when I was a child, uh-huh. uh, a big thing in my life was dance. I danced very seriously as a, as a youth. Uh, in retrospect, it was serious because I took it very seriously and my family sure. took it very seriously. It was yeah, not, yeah, yeah. you know, we're in Ohio. Um, but, <laughs> but it, it meant a lot to me. And, um, I started dancing at this specific dance studio when I was very, very young. And I was there, um, until about seventh, eighth grade. And part of that journey at that specific dance studio was that I started taking classes and then I really, really ramped up my classes. Eventually I was taking dance like 3 PM to 9 PM, almost Ooh. every, almost every weeknight. Too much. Um, and it would be like your jazz tap, ballet. I did hula. I did lyrical. I did modern. We took classes for point. We took classes for um, like yoga and stretching. Like it, there was all different kinds of shit that I was in all the time. And it was very much the culture of the dance studio was like the more you engaged and the more you, the more classes you took, the more seriously it was perceived that you took dance and if you were perceived to take it very seriously you were invited to join the competitive dance team at the studio yeah yep um now i also it's worth knowing that i i don't want to say i wasn't good because i tried very hard but i wasn't the best certainly and i was also not i i got my current height like very early yeah i was also a very chubby child i was not really what you would think of when you think of like a little girl who does dance. Like I didn't look like the little girls on dance moms. I yeah. Was yeah. Rounder. Sure. Um, 
but I tried really hard and I, I, you know, my mom was, was very supportive and, and, you know, wanted me to learn discipline from this and, and wanted me to have something in my life as a child that I took very seriously. And so we, we kept doing it. And eventually my mom reached out to the people at the dance studio and was like, Hey, my daughter is trying really hard. Uh, but we need to know, like, is this, is this all for not? Like, is she ever going to get to join this competitive team or are we just kind of barking up the wrong tree here? Yeah. Um, and their response was like, we just put her letter in the mail today. Like, no way. We want her. Yeah. Um, and that was Aww. really nice. And then I got that letter um, and I, I got to start competing. And one of the first things that I got to do after I joined this team, we had to go through like uh, a summer intensive and there were auditions. It wasn't just an offer to join. I had to audition. Damn. Um, but after I got through all that, I got to go to the sleepover for this sure. dance team. And this dance team, it was a sleepover at the studio. And so Damn. we were there like way later than we ever were. It was so cool. We watched movies. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was new. So I, I wasn't, you know, the girls on the team, I didn't really know them because they were all so much better than me. They were in high, higher level classes. Mm. Um, so I was new. I didn't know anybody. And I I remember just feeling really outside of myself. And like, and I'm like, 11 years old at this point sure but and I, are there veterans on the team like yeah. you're not on jv there are ones that have been around for a long yeah. time yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah. they're like a sleepover um, with a sleepover again we've done it right right and yeah. it's a big deal to me because this is my first one right right um but uh so i and i remember very vividly i was wearing this like matching pajama set which i like never did i always just like, sure. slept in like fucking shorts and a t-shirt yeah yeah but i was wearing this matching pajama set that was pink and had all these like pink ribbon illustrations all over it. And Love I'm it. 11 years old. I'm listening to Evanescence. I'm wearing skull t-shirts from Walmart. I'm not trying to be yeah. wearing pink at a sleepover, but my mom made sure. me, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I was just feeling really outside of myself. I, I, I wasn't feeling good. And there was one girl, her name was Ryan and she was uh, one of my closest childhood friends. And she like approached me and spent the whole evening talking to me and like hanging out with me one-on-one -on -one and, just made me feel really good and really welcomed. And, and that was the foundation for a really wonderful friendship of my childhood. And I, I just, that, that was a, a moment in my life where I felt like I became aware of what it felt like to connect with somebody. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, oh, that's just such a touchstone to me. I, I, I hadn't really felt like anybody had taken a, an interest in me before that. Oh. Um, and, and to have somebody do that for, for no gain on their part, just because they wanted me to feel good and welcomed and understood in a space. Yeah. But that was, that was really important to me. Oh, that is a good formative experience. That's like yeah. a very pleasant one that sticks out. It affected you. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. man. That's, I, I need to start, uh, I, I need to start mining those in my own in my own memories because i'm sure i also have po positive formative experiences but they're mostly they're mostly sad uh right. but goddamn i love i love hearing those stories because it's just fun to see someone you love and then picture them as the little version of themselves many years before you knew them and like try to i don't know it's it's always very sweet and i think that's that's a fun thing to do with your friends yeah and i don't i don't want to like paint a picture of 
you know, I'm sure you can imagine the problems that come along with young girls being on a competitive dance team and having yeah. their bodies scrutinized and their yeah. diet scrutinized and, you know, the the culture of like you're not working hard enough unless you're really, really pushing yourself and not resting an appropriate amount. And there were problems, but within sure. that, there was like human connection to be found. And, and yeah. I just think it was cool. Yeah. I mean, what what better place to breed camaraderie amongst <laughs> your peers than a fucking like overly serious and kind of daunting physical team or task? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Um, so a, I figured you didn't know one. that about me. So. I did not. I knew you danced, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you continue to do so. We we do it as soon as we join these these Zencaster calls. Yeah, that's uh, not really dancing so much as it is just like a torso up wiggle. Yeah, but that's that's you know that's as far as some of us get, Natalie. Uh, and so it, you know it's we we need to value those dance moves. That's as well. true. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to invalidate your dancing, Michael. Well. You know what's done is done. Uh, but I did not. I, I don't think I heard any stories uh, from from your dance life, and so that's wonderful. I had, do have one follow up question. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that one of the dance styles was lyrical. Mm-hmm. What mean lyrical dance? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. How do I explain this to a person who has no prior knowledge on this? Who subject? has a little. Um. Do you so you know what ballet looks like? Yes. Black do you Swan. know Do you know who Martha Graham is? I do not. I can't okay. say that I do. Um okay. Is she a ballerina? Well, no, but she's like kind of a good place to start to explain. So like Martha Graham was a dancer who came up with this style uh that like really opened up modern dance and it was like you're classically trained in ballet and so you have those uh, habits in you, like you have the posture already, like you know you've got the sense under you, and and then yeah. you start kind of experimenting with movement, and from there, um, different like subgenres of dance popped up where it was like contemporary and modern, and lyrical was one of those. And what lyrical specifically meant for us was like it was usually we were doing songs that were a little bit more. Um, dramatic and like slow and uh, it was a little bit more interpretive you know you were encouraged to not have the f- same facial expressions that you would for ballet like you could be more emotive and like oh. kind of feel your feelings on your face um like it also it. It, it meant we so ballet we wore like ballet shoes uh modern we would be ba- barefoot but oh you're lyrical we had to wear these little like timberlands we had to wear Timberlands. Yeah, um, it was weird. really hard to do. <laughs> I imagine now, so. They were like, imagine somebody cut off the top half of a sock and then uh-huh. put elastic around the bottom edge of it so it would stay on your foot. And then there was just like a little bit of reinforcement for the pad of your foot. And then there were holes in the top of it that your toes could poke out. So it oh. was just like a little foot pad cover that we wore for that. Interesting. And I don't know why that was specific to lyrical, but it was. Interesting. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I had just never heard of it. And those, those words seem contradictory, almost lyrical dancing. Cause you're not singing. It's like kinetic thought. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't claim to understand. Uh, it was really just kind of another hour of classes that they could charge us money for. So sure. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yes. Well, well, thank you for educating me. Um, yeah. I have a little bit more of a grasp on it. I don't know if I could repeat that to you, but Sure. I have an idea. 
I don't know that you'll ever need to repeat it. I don't know that anybody will ever ask you, hey, Michael Bishop, what is lyrical dance? So well, I think you, you should know, be good. I'm always getting ready for Jeopardy, so you never that's, know. That's true. That's a big yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big true. That's a big true. Um, okay. The other story that I just wanted to tell you. So I was trying to pick from periods of my life that I wasn't super connected to you in. Yeah. Um, so like my childhood. And then this is a story from kind of the period of time that we weren't talking as much. Um, okay. Okay. It was after we broke up and after I left Bowling Green, I was living in Toledo and I was working at a bunch of bars and I was also working at the Toledo Art Museum. Yeah. And something that I loved to do at the Toledo Art Museum specifically, um, we always, we worked different desks and like you were assigned a different desk every day. And my favorite desk was the desk in the glass pavilion, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. I love the glass pavilion. Um, it's this beautiful, I mean, Toledo's the glass city. So we very much invested in our glass art collection, but of course. it's this, this beautiful building um, with like a, a beautiful glass, like chandelier sculpture and then all of the glass exhibits. And they have a hot shop where they do live glass blowing demonstrations every weekend. Love it. Um, and I used to work this desk and like, you know, if all of my stuff was done and it didn't look like anybody was coming in, I would like sneak over to the to the hot shop and like peek in for the demonstrations. And I like knew all of the glass blowing fellows and like had a crush on one. Of, of sure. Course. And like, how could you not? They're doing um, cool things in there. They're doing really. They're playing with fire in there. That and they're sweating. Is hot. Yeah. Yeah. They're so yeah. They're sweating. Uh, <laughs> but I just I had this like really really like. I just loved these glass blowing demonstrations so much. And I felt such a sense of like peace when I was there. And I remember having this thought that was like, I, this is something that is so like peaceful and centering to me. And this is something that I would love to share with a partner. Like if I Mm. ever got to like come back here and do this, not by myself yeah, and like share it with somebody like that would be so cool. Um, and then fast forward to a couple years in the future, I'm, Living in Cincinnati, I'm kind of dating this person named Dylan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I say kind of because he wanted to be monogamous and introduce me to his mom, but didn't want to call me his girlfriend. Who's to say why? Sure. We don't know. Yeah. Weird vibes. Weird vibes. Um, But we were were kind of doing that. And uh, he was moving to Michigan to pursue a a graduate degree in psychology. I'm fully doxing this person. Love it. No, I love it. He, so like we went up there together to like scope out apartments and like get the lay of where he would be living. And, and, uh, we stopped in Toledo along the way so that I could like show him stuff and so that we could break up the drive a little bit. And we ended up going to the museum. Love it. And we ended up going to a glass blowing demonstration. Well, we wanted. You know, this relationship has already not been great because of the reasons that I stated, like, And there was like a little bit of an age gap, not enough that it was like weird, but enough that it was like, okay, as a like a 25 year old and a 31 year old, we just have different emotional perspectives and they're not super lining up. Yeah. Um, So it was a weird relationship. And then we went into this glass blowing demonstration and I remember like him sitting next to me and just having this moment of like, this is what I wanted. Like, this is a box that I'm checking and I feel nothing. Like I, wow. like I thought that this was going to be like a 
puzzle piece enters in place moment that was going to like cinematically close this chapter of my life that I had spent in this city feeling very lonely and feeling like I was like very much searching for something beyond myself. And I thought that was going to be having somebody here with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that they are here, I still feel alone. Yeah. Even even inside of this relationship. And yeah. And that was another moment where it was like, I, I, I feel like maybe these moments that I'm describing are like periods where I like leveled up in emotional uh-huh. awareness. And yeah, it was yeah. like, I was like, oh, I can't just, I can't just create moments for myself and expect life to like work out according to those Ooh, moments. Yeah. Like that. I'm, Golly. it's not, it's never going to be that neat. Yes. It is very rarely that neat. Yeah. It is very rarely that neat. I've also had those experiences. I can't pull from a, a specific example off the top of my head, but just like having a thing. And honestly, it comes a lot from like absorbing media and, you know, kind of getting an archetype for what I think I should be doing in these situations because mm-hmm. I feel the emotion that I should be presenting, but the gesture is kind of inorganic and like trying to arrange those things. This isn't exactly what, <laughs> this isn't no, exactly no. the example, but like, uh, just making a, a gesture or doing something in, in the hopes that this, pe- this other person will be able to like complete the, the, the puzzle. And it just doesn't, it doesn't fit for whatever reason. And I mean, it was a, it, it was a mismanagement of expectations on my part mm-hmm. too, right? Because this other person had no idea that I was expecting such a profound moment from this yes. outing that we were doing. And I yeah. was placing a lot of, a lot of expectation on them that they just had no idea about. And yeah. I recognize that that is not a great thing to do. And I did set myself up for disappointment. But I think that that's why this moment was so important to me because it's yeah. when I realized that I couldn't do that. Yeah, and that's true. That, like genuine connection is not going to come from me trying really hard and trying to do really good. It's going to come from, you know, moments like my first story where yeah. I wasn't yeah. really expecting it. Yep. Yep. So. Man, man. I did not know that story either. I figured you didn't. So. Those are... Those are beautiful. I do. I do remember that dude and you talking about him. And I think we like reconnected towards the end of it or maybe we maybe did. my memory is fuzzy because you were just telling me about it. But I know I, I, I was thinking about him specifically because when I was hanging out with Austin, he asked me how you and I reconnected. And I told him a little bit of what I remembered. But then I was thinking about that and I was like. I think one of the reasons that I was emotionally ready to reconnect with you was because that had just happened to me yeah. and I needed to go back to I, like, you're the only like dude that I've ever really had a fully positive experience sure. with. Yeah, and I yeah, was like, yeah. I need some kind of a, a safe haven. Uh, oh. of, and, and that was you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, so it was, it was right after the dissolution of that situation. Yeah. And I had had a relationship too. We discussed this a little bit last night where you kind of found comfort in the fact that like, I had fallen in love again and yeah. and like it you weren't the like last big thing in my life, you know, yeah. which is yeah. also kind of like a a weird but like very real aspect of reconnecting with an ex. It's like yeah, sometimes you can't pick up immediately and become good friends and you need you need them to like have their own milestones separate yeah. from you and then you can kind of come back together, which is which is lovely. Yeah, I had told you, and I don't think I had ever told you that before, but I had no, told I don't you think how so. relieved I was when you were dating that other person because it meant that I wasn't, like you said, the last 
heartbreak that you had gone through and yeah. I wasn't the last most important person to you. Yeah. I, it's weird to say that, but it, there's no, a freedom dude, in it's that. True. Yeah, you I don't yeah, I don't think we had ever articulated that to each other, but it was something that as soon as you said it, it almost felt like we had because it's like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's very that true. Sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's true. And that relationship worked out wonderfully. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great. We're doing great. Uh <laughs> so yeah, both those relationships ended very well. Um so last week we talked about a thing. Okay. And I said maybe we'll do this next week. And that was the political compass test because I oh. had done it. Uh, I have it pulled up in front of me. If you would like, okay. if you would like to go through it together, sure. Uh, are you ready to do that? I also don't want to cut that last conversation. No, short. no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it, I'm, <laughs> I'm like worried that this is going to illuminate how dumb I am and how little I pay attention to things that are important. So actually, this test works a little bit differently than you might think it does. It does not have like specific policies to reference. Okay. Uh, they actually give a nice preface for it that I will read uh, when we when we begin. Cool. And then uh, listeners, you know, spoiler. We're, we're like Libby leftists. Right. So we're if, that, like, if that offends you, then. Uh, right. I don't really care, but uh, right. just so you know. It's probably, <laughs> I don't know why you're here, honestly. <laughs> I don't know where yeah. you came from. Yeah, man. I, uh, oh, shout out to Andrew Tate getting banned off of social media, by the way. Um, okay, oh, yeah. so we're going we're gonna to go through this test, and then I will see where you land. I'll tell you where I landed. I think I did a little bit last week, but just to reiterate, we'll see cool. how close we are. Cool. Okay. Uh, so the preface for this test, it says, before taking this test, in, all, in bold, Ooh. Uh, please note that this isn't a survey, and these aren't questions. They're propositions. To question the logic of individual ones that irritate you is to miss the point. Some propositions are extreme and some are moderate. That's how we can show whether you lean towards extremism or moderation on the compass. Your responses should not be overthought. Some of them are intentionally vague. Their purpose is to trigger reactions in the mind, measuring feelings and prejudices rather than detailed opinions on policy. Okay, and so great. you'll see some of them I still was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not educated enough to really know what that question means. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can kind of surmise. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. All right. And each, there are six pages of questions. It's not super long, but, you know, it is. Well, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a test. They got to do data collection. Uh, the, and they're all kind of like themed each page. So... Page one of six, just a few propositions to start with concerning no less how you feel, how you see the country and the world. Okay. Okay. So question one. And also it's a scale of the classic strongly disagree, disagree, agree, strongly agree. Okay. So those will always be the options. Okay. Okay. If economic globalization is inevitable, it should primarily serve humanity rather than the interests of transnational corporations. That's a very wordy one. They won't all be that wordy, but we're just talking about economic globalization, the world kind of becoming one economic market. And if that's Mm -hmm. the case, should it primarily serve humanity or transnational corporations? I'm going to go strongly agree. That is very fair. I I believe I I said the exact same thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'd always support my country, whether it was right or wrong. (laughs) Strongly disagree. Very fair. All right. That's that's a slow one over over the um, pl- uh, mound pa- plate. 
uh, <laughs> baseball. So no one chooses their country of birth. So it's foolish to be proud of it. Um, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm actually going to say disagree because. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that like there is something there about like I don't I think it's foolish to be proud of like countries that are in power, but like I would I yes. would never say that to a person who was not in like a European centric culture of a country. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree. So the first time I read that question, I had a very like eurocentric view of the world and i was like well i i'm not proud of being an american just because i was born here that would be right. silly but then yeah you think of of people in african countries or like east asian countries and it's like i get why it's important to hold a sense of of uh love or pride over over being from that country you know yeah be, and because for a lot of the world too like we don't really experience this in the united states as much but your country is so synonymous with your culture right mm -hmm. and and i would never want to tell people they couldn't be proud of their culture that's very true i love that answer um this one you know is maybe another gimme okay our race has many superior qualities compared to other races oh i'm gonna go with a strongly disagree on that's that fair <laughs> that's fair yeah oh the enemy of my enemy is my friend oh man yeah that's it that's an interesting one i'll just you know I I mean this in the least art of war way possible, but I am mm -hmm. going to say agree. Okay. Okay. Just because it feels like it's better to be open to that op option than just unilaterally not open to it. I agree. I agree. Uh, military action that defies international law is sometimes justified. Strongly disagree. I love it. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I feel like most military action is unjustified, even if it does follow international law. Very so. fair. That's very fair. Yeah. And those inter international laws are sometimes arbitrary and put in place by the countries in power. Um, there is a worrying fusion of information and entertainment. Ooh, I would honestly say agree. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. So now the economy. Okay. okay. We're talking attitudes here, not the FTSE index, which is something I am not familiar with. Yeah, I um, people are ultimately divided more by class than by nationality. Um, I would say strongly agree. Yep, I agree. Class with that. solidarity agree with is that. important. My man, uh, controlling inflation is more important than controlling unemployment. Oh, I have no fucking idea. Like whatever yeah. is the nicest one. Uh, I. I said disagree to this. Okay. Uh, I think it's yeah. important for, for everyone to be employed and feel like they're contributing. Obviously, inflation, both of these things are very important. So it's like, it's a little difficult, but I believe, I believe I went with a disagree on this and I didn't do strongly either way. Yeah. I mean, I think for as long as we're going to make people suffer under capitalism, we should at least try to employ them. So that would yeah. be, I would say disagree as well. Okay. Because corporations cannot be trusted to voluntarily protect the environment, they require regulation. Strongly agree. I feel you. I feel you. That's, uh, that's just this, true. This is a pretty transparent one because it's a relatively famous quote, but um, 
From each according to his ability to each according to his need is a fundamentally good idea. Oh, I don't know that quote. And I don't know. Ooh, it's, it's, it. a, it's a Marx quote. So we're mm-hmm. talking about uh, the meritocracy of economics, basically. And we're, we're saying from each according to their ability and their ability to contribute to society to each according to their need, meaning people should get whatever whatever they need rather than what they acquire from their ability to contribute perceived earning right exactly yeah yeah i would say strongly agree yeah i mean uh the freer the market the freer the people that seems wrong it seems wrong that seems like some fake (laughs) i would say that's i would say that's wrong yeah, I'm gonna go disagree or strongly okay. disagree, whichever one. <laughs> I'm dumb, but I'll hit you. I'll hit you with the strongly. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, it's a sad reflection on our society that something as basic as drinking water is now a bottled, branded consumer product. This is an interesting one. Yeah, and I, you know, this is one of those ones where I'm like, okay, sure, we should not commodify drinking water, but if we don't commodify drinking water, then we're leaving it up to the government to keep it safe, and I don't trust Mm -hmm. them to do that, Um, and I don't trust them to keep it to a level where it's, like, accessible to people. Yes, Um, fair, fair. But I understand what the question is asking, too. So I don't really know. Uh, So it sounds like you're not strongly either way. Yeah. Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll say agree because I see what they're saying. Um, I have some asterisks, but I would agree with you agreeing, uh, Mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, obviously tap drinking water is not always looked after properly by Mm -hmm. the local, local government. We've said Flint, I believe still doesn't have clean water. Nope. Uh, and so Obviously, that sucks, and there there's a failing there, but... But the answer sh- is not fucking Evian, you know? Like- the answer is not Evian. The answer is like Evian giving away that water that they have access to, and so yeah. I, I, I feel you there, but I also feel you not like strongly leaning in either direction. Yeah. Land shouldn't be a commodity to be bought and sold. I mean, yeah, definitely not. We're, it's a little it's too little too late uh yeah, yeah that's true that's true um but yeah no and we're all oh. living on stolen land are we oh yeah oops shit i'll say strongly uh, agree. strongly yeah right so strongly yeah. disagree land yeah. shouldn't be yeah got it. right okay. yeah it is regrettable that many personal fortunes are made by people who simply manipulate money and contribute nothing to society oh yeah bad yeah bad <laughs> bad mm-hmm. Uh, protectionism is sometimes necessary in trade. Now, I believe that this is the one, uh, that I did have to Google cause I was not familiar with the concept of protectionism cause I did not go to uh, money school. Is it just the idea of like bailing out corporations and making sure that like non-human entities can't fail? I believe, yes, I believe it's like, uh, it has to do with tariffs. So the Google definition is the theory or practice of shielding a country's domestic industries from foreign competition by taxing imports. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, we're saying we're making it harder to outsource work from the, the country of origin there. I mean, that's, that's so hard because it's very difficult. Yes. Yeah. I on the one, on the one hand, like I, I do want to, 
it is important that domestic com- domestic industry creates domestic jobs. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's also like um, American industry coming to a foreign country can be absolutely transformative for a local community. Um, yeah. So and I, and I will say so, this, this does phrase it as sometimes necessary in trade. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah. I feel, I, th- I think that's what I did. And I think given our rudimentary understanding of the concept, that's a fair, that's a fair thing to say. And, and all of this is an asterisk of like, I, none of this is the best possible system, but I guess mm. these are the opinions that I have to have under this system. That is, that is very fair. Uh, the only social responsibility of a company should be to deliver profit to its shareholders. Uh, disagree. Mm. Strongly disagree. irregular. Strongly disagree. Uh, yeah. I think that because corporations are uh, greater than the the sum of the people, you know, corporations in a lot of ways have more rights than than the people that upholding it. Uh, they have a responsibility to uplift people as well. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, the next one is the rich are too highly taxed. <laughs> strongly disagree. I'm going to hit you with a strongly disagree. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those with the ability to pay should have access to higher standards of medical care. No. <laughs> I feel you. I agree. That's definitely fucking not, dude. Uh, governments should penalize businesses that mi- mislead the public. Uh, yeah, agree. I feel you. A genuine free market requires restrictions on the ability of predator multinationals to create monopolies. I don't know what a lot of those words mean. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this is also a rough one. And this is the last one in the economics section. So I feel like we're going to be in a more comfortable place after we're done with this. But uh, predator multinationals to creating monopolies sounds bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I would say. I would say agree. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, but maybe not as strongly. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, now we're talking about social values, personal okay. social values. Here we go. Great, great. Abortion. I was an English major. I'm great at this. Abortion, right? Abortion. That's the first word. You know it. Uh, when the women's life is not threatened, should always be illegal. Fucking no. Yeah, nope. That's, <laughs> that, I agree with that. Uh, all authority should be questioned. Yeah, agree. Strongly or just agree? No, just agree, you know. Just agree, okay, got it. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. No, disagree. I mean, I'm, I'm, say, I'm not going to go strongly because, you know, there's circumstantial yep. exceptions, but no. I feel you, okay. Taxpayers should not be expected to prop up any theaters or museums that cannot survive on a commercial basis. Man, that's so interesting because in a lot of ways, like the nonprofit model is really problematic. Uh, And I don't think that bad, corrupt nonprofits should benefit from taxpayer dollars, but Mm. it's so hard to figure out what that looks like. Uh, So. All of those asterisks, no, we should. No, okay. Let's, okay. let's keep the, the museums. Yes, I agree. I agree. But if Strongly, they're like shitty and bad, like maybe let's think about it. So we'll just that say That also agree. sucks. Okay. Yeah, we'll just say the not strongly. Okay, okay. Uh, Nonprofits are a really good way to disguise corruption. It's really unfortunate. 
I agree. Yeah, that is very fucking true. That is very true. And it, perhaps if we had an economic system that required that did not require nonprofits to be created, we would all be better off. Uh, mm-hmm. Schools should not make classroom attendance compulsory. Oh, they should not. No. Uh, strongly. Yeah. Or just agree. Okay. Got strongly, it. strongly for all my chronically ill babies out there. I agree with you, my dog. Uh, all people have their rights. This one. All people have their rights, but it is better for all of us that different sorts of people should keep to their own kind. <sighs> Gonna hit you. Yeah, I got you. Uh, so, good parents sometimes have to spank their children. Strongly disagree. I feel you. It's natural for children to keep some secrets from their parents. Agree. Strongly or just agree? I'll say agree. Okay. Uh, possessing marijuana for personal use should not be a criminal offense. Strongly agree. I got baby. you. <laughs> uh, the primary f- or the prime function of schooling should be to equip the future generation to find jobs. Strongly disagree. I feel you. I think that's what I said on that one. Uh, people with some serious uh, inheritable disabilities should not be allowed to reproduce. Whoa, what in the eugenics? Mm, Strongly mm -hmm. disagree. That's good. That's good. Uh, The most important thing for children is to learn to accept discipline. Oh, no. Strongly disagree. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, There are no savaged and civilized peoples. There are only different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Those who are able to work and refuse the opportunity should not accept society's support <laughs> strongly disagree yeah you think these are super easy but some people some people struggle um well it's like i understand what they're trying to the the gotcha that they're trying to do mm-hmm. in that question but like somebody electing not to work you don't fucking you no do not know yeah. somebody's story like you don't yes. know what the fuck is going on so my 100 percent there is one that Ben Shapiro struggled on. I watched him take this, and you're going to be surprised as to which one it is. Uh, actually, there were a couple, and the first one was the civilized people or different cultures Ouch. question. When you are troubled, it's better not to think about it, but to keep busy with more cheerful things. If you just continue to be a good little employee and go to work every day, maybe you won't be sad anymore. Fuck, fuck off. Okay, so strongly. It sounds yeah. strongly. Yeah. You did a bit about it, so... Uh, first generation, first generation immigrants can never be fully integrated within their new country. Oh, wow. I mean, I I don't feel well positioned to have an opinion on that Mm. because I do, do I feel like they should be given every opportunity to do so? Yeah, absolutely. But like from an emotional standpoint, I don't know. Yeah, but I I do think that this this question is asking you your opinion on like the support and whether or not they're actually going to be able to function as well as anyone else. Yes. Well, then I. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's good for the most successful corporations is always ultimately good for all of us. (laughs) No. No broadcasting institution, however independent its content, should receive public funding. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I think I disagree with that because I think that publicly funded broadcasting networks have proved themselves. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Okay, and now now this says, and how you see the wider society. Mm. Our civil, our civil liberties are being uh, 
excessively curbed in the name of counterterrorism? Oh man, I don't know if I know enough. Probably that sounds like something they'd do. Yeah, you know? that I I would I would agree with that. Yeah. This is another this is another interesting one. A significant advantage of a one-party state is that it avoids all the arguments that delay progress in a democratic political system. Hmm. This is it's yeah. like okay, I see what you're doing, but also that but sounds a little like fascism. It sounds a little like fascism. Yeah, we're going to hit that with a disagree. Yeah. Um <laughs> sneaky sneaky. <laughs> Although the electronic age makes official surveillance easier, only wrongdoers need to be worried. No, I think no. that we all have a right to worry about our <laughs> privacy. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah. The death penalty should be an option for the most serious crimes. I strongly disagree. Yeah, I feel you. Very I feel anti-death you. penalty over here. Same. This is an anti-death penalty podcast. Mm-hmm. In a civilized society... One must always have people above to be obeyed and people below to be commanded. I don't think I agree with that. <laughs> Are we doing strongly or just to disagree? I'll do a strongly. That yeah, doesn't seem I feel you. That doesn't I feel you. Seem right. This is another interesting one. Uh because it kind of comes out of left field for me. Abstract art that doesn't represent anything shouldn't be considered art at all. Disagree. Yeah, I feel you. In criminal justice, punishment should be more important than rehabilitation. Strongly disagree. Yeah. Strongly I agree. disagree. We should always center rehabilitation and we should always uh, center the needs of the victim. And oftentimes their needs are for their uh, aggressor to undergo rehabilitation. I preach, preach. Uh, it is a waste of time to try to rehabilitate some criminals. Uh, strongly disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. The business person and the manufacturer are more important than the writer and the artist. I strongly disagree. <laughs> yep, I agree. Who, who wrote your fucking copy to go on your product? Who designed your <laughs> fucking label? Uh, mothers who have careers. Mothers may have careers, but their first <laughs> duty is to be homemakers. What the? F no. <laughs> Gonna hit agree? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Natalie loves this. Andrew Tate got banned. Uh, multinational companies are unethically exploiting the plant genetic resources of developing countries. Uh, probably. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's probably true. <laughs> yes. Make oh, this is a, this is an interesting one. Making peace with the establishment is an important aspect of maturity. That's what they want you to think. And, That's what they want you, you know, to think. You will get tired, uh, but yes. I don't think we should confuse being tired with making peace. Uh, the establishment wears you down over time, certainly, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. Strongly or just disagree? You know, we'll just go a, a tempered disagreement to acknowledge okay. all the tired people out there. That's fair. Okay, we're now on page five. We got this one and another one. That's how numbers work. If you got through that okay, you'll find these propositions on religion a breeze. Mm -hmm. Astrology accurately explains many things. Listen, I am planning a segment for this podcast that I'm titling In Defense of Astrology. Okay. Wherein I explain my personal spirituality. Uh, oh, I yeah. love that. 
I, I, it's something that's really important to me. I want to share it with you all. So I don't want people to think that I'm one of those astrology haters when I disagree with this question, but I think that this question is the way it's worded. I it's, I don't agree with it. Okay. Strongly or just disagree. We'll just a tempered, nice disagree. Okay. You cannot be more, you cannot be moral without being religious. (sighs) That's what they all think. Right. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. Strongly disagree. Uh, this one's interesting because I, I don't know if it's asking whether or not this is true in the current state of things or if it should be true in the ideal sense. Okay. Charity is better than social security as a means of helping the genuinely disadvantaged. Oh, I'm going to say strongly disagree. I think that's like some anti uh, like socialized aid propaganda. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, yeah, I think when I read that, I'm just like, well, charity might be more successful at doing that right now, but that's only because we don't have yeah. the, the system in place. Yeah. Uh, some people are naturally unlucky. But which version of this are you asking this? Are you asking the, the practical version of me? Then definitely not. Are you asking the like person who wants to be a romance novelist? Then yeah, we'll answer, <laughs> we'll answer practically. Wait, so you don't think that some people are naturally unlucky? No. No? Okay. Uh, It's important that my child's school instills religious values. Uh, Are they values that religion is (laughs) problematic? No, uh, it's not important. Okay. All right, last page. Religion as we experience it. There's a lot. It's a nuanced conversation. It is, for sure. For sure. Uh, Okay. Page six of six, they saved the best for last. Finally, a look at sex. Here we go. Ooh, sexual. Sex outside of marriage is usually immoral. Strongly disagree. A same-sex couple in a stable, loving relationship should not be excluded from the possibility of child adoption. I even think that same-sex couples in terrible, messy relationships should not be excluded from the... Yeah. So Ben struggled with that one as well. I just remembered that. But he really struggled with this next one, which blows my mind. Pornography depicting consenting adults should be legal for the adult population. Yeah. Yeah. Is it not? No, it is. But it's asking whether or not that should be the case. And Ben really wasn't sure. Really? Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what goes on in a private bedroom between consenting adults is no business of the state. Yeah. What goes on privately ever <laughs> is no business of the state. Uh, no one can feel naturally homosexual. I have a lot of experience. That would beg to differ, my friend. <laughs> uh, these days, openness about sex has gone too far. Disagree. Disagree. Strongly. Strongly. Okay, here we go. It's the last question. Mm. All right, my dude. You are you are very, very left and very social social libertarian rather Ooh. than authoritarian. So the options are it is the classic like uh you know, what do you call that? It's like a square with four quadrants, like you know. A grid graph. Like a grid. Like you would say a grid, yeah, probably. Um, and so the the x-axis 
the top to bottom, the top and bottom are authoritarian or libertarian, and then left and right is left and right. And so you sure. are like, you are pretty bottom. Bottom left. Bottom left, yeah. yeah. I am Which a is, bottom and I am a left, so. I think you actually almost got exactly what I did. I'm going to pull up my my results here. Uh, yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure we're almost fucking identical. I might be a little more left but I, d- I don't know which question that would have been it w- it might have been the strongly's versus the the normals mm, that's true that's true i definitely was hitting a lot more strongly uh in either direction uh which i just always think like if i am i willing to get into an argument over this that is so is fair strongly yeah yes that that is very very fair <laughs> uh man why can't i can't find my results I just screenshotted it. Outside or left? I remember that one. But that was a, that was a different quiz. I, it doesn't matter. I, I I'm I'm pretty positive that we were we were very very similar. So that's nice. That's nice to know. I figured, you know. Yeah, I also figured. Our values. You can never be too aligned. sure. Some people may surprise you. Yeah, that's true. That's what true. What if you would have been like authoritarian, right? It's uh, I I understand. Like I, I can conceive of a world where people answer opposite for all but a handful of those questions yes i there's agree a, there's I agree. a handful of those where it's just like holy fuck dude right but outside Please. of those i agree and it's like for me those those quizzes are less of like less Sorry, of me actually tr- can I, can, I can hear him <laughs> that's all right uh, less of me actually trying to find exactly where I lie on some sort of political compass and more just me enjoying answering those questions because some of them are just like fun to think about. And it's yeah, like, they're, and take, they're, they're things that I haven't stance. really thought about. And they're also things that like had that not just been a little Internet quiz that we were doing for our podcast. I would have like wanted to think about a lot more. Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And explore all those all those options and i also think that like there were a lot of them where like if the inverse was true under different circumstances my opinion would be different you know mm, interesting yeah yeah but yeah yeah we're all just I doing agree. the best we can inside of the system we inherited uh, that's true that is very true there are a lot of those fun quizzes online if anyone's uh interested that one is the like literally the first one that comes up when you google political compass quiz but I, there are a I lot like of how ones. that's your definition of fun quizzes online and my definition <laughs> of fun quizzes online is like buzzfeed telling me what kind of pie i am those are also fun don't get me wrong <laughs> i fucking love uh blueberry by the way um i also <laughs> love those <laughs> no i don't like blueberry pie what is your favorite kind of pie if i was gonna buy you a pie what kind of pie would you be stoked to receive man so I'm not I'm not a huge pie guy as ev- everyone knows. Yeah, you know I, I mean I'm not either. Not a huge pie guy. Banana cream, I love. Oh, interesting. Yeah, really good key lime I can fuck with. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, a really gluttonous and childish like peanut butter pie mm-hmm. I also can fuck with. Okay, okay. There's a great place in Waldo, Ohio called the GNR Grill that makes first of all a mean fried bologna sandwich. I know sure. you've heard me talk about this sandwich before. Uh, and they also have some good pies, and I, my, they're my favorite of theirs is the banana cream pie. Mm, okay. Do you okay. feel weird saying cream pie just I, in life? I do. I do. Yeah. Um, there's this little oatmeal cream pie, and I'm like, yeah. oatmeal did what? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you did what to the oatmeal? <laughs> I don't want that. Oof, that sounds disgusting. I don't think you should have done that. That was my breakfast. <laughs> Jesus. So if you're going to cream pie a cookie or whatever. Right. Um, what's your favorite kind of pie? Cherry. Mm, that You know what? If I had to go with like, like a traditional fruit pie, I think that would be mine as well. Mm-hmm. I just love the cherry goo. Cherry goo is good. Cherry goo is good. <laughs> well, my friend, uh, yeah. that was all I had for the week. Hell yeah. I think we done. I think we done did it. I think we done did it. it done. Yeah, you done? You done? You done now? I'm done now. Um, oh. Cool. Uh, well, do you want me to start saying the bye bye stuff? I think so. But first of all, I love you. I love you too. This was a good episode of our podcast. I think. I think so too. I appreciate you you sharing not only some formative stories with me, but also your political alignment. That's also important for me to know as your friend and, and podcast co host. Yeah. And so I appreciate you being so open this episode. Hell yeah. Thank you for for creating the space for me to feel safe to do that. You're very welcome. Look at us. All right. Thank you to uh, Brandel and Ryan for the intro. Uh, Thank you to Kevin Budnett for our cover art. Thank you to, um, you know. Me. Thank you to my friend Austin for going to Six Flags with me. That was fucking tight. Um, That does sound pretty cool. And, God, we wrote all the DC stuff again. (gasps) Michael. Oh, I forgot to tell you. What happened? Well, I know we're at the end of the episode, so I won't make it too long. But do you remember how last time I went to Six Flags, I was like, Michael, there's a Batman coaster. You have to ride the Batman coaster. Oh, yeah. There is another Batman coaster that I didn't know about because Two it is Batman so coasters. bizarre. It's called the Dark Knight Coaster. Love However, it. They don't brand it like that at all. Every sign around the coaster says Gotham City Railroad or Railway <laughs> That's pretty or sick. That's pretty um, sick. The premise is, oh my God, we went in. It's the worst and best roller coaster I've ever ridden. We Love went it. in. It felt like the fucking spot was abandoned. It was one of those uh, indoor roller coasters. So we had to like walk through uh, this like big queue that was fucking desolately empty. Then we Sick. walked into this like little screening room area where they were showing scenes from the Dark Knight movie that like it, it seems like you should have had to watch that to understand the story of the coaster. And then sure. you walk through. It's empty, right? The yeah. we we like move to get into the coaster and it starts moving and I like back away. I'm like, oh my god! And Don't the like attendant's that. like, the attendant's like, no, that's what it does. Go, to get in. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we were like, okay, and we got in there and it's just this weird coaster where you're doing these like hard right turns and then you go up this hill that you like never come back down from and you're just oh. turning and there's like Batman's there and it's all dark and then there's some clowns that are like probably the Joker but it doesn't look like it very good. Could be his henchman. And, sure. And then like at one point you almost get hit by a bus and there's a oh. van, there's a there's a billboard and then you exit through a little tunnel where a little disco ball spins around. I love it. That sound that okay I could get behind that coaster. It was it was not fun, but it mm-hmm. was so bizarre that we wrote it twice. <laughs> and on thing, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have to know I what was that. going on here. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, that happened. But also, thank <sighs> you to everybody. And uh, I think all that's left to say is good, good night, New York. We love you. Bye. My ex and. I podcast 
They're talking exes for the rest of us. I think we fucking crushed that one, bro. I think so too.